Father, we thank you. We give you praise for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, for your indwelling Holy Spirit that moves through every soul in divine presence. God, we thank you for allowing that Spirit of God to move in your people to bring healing, deliverance, and God, for love and understanding. We thank you for we thank you for the fullness of who you are because in your presence is the fullness of everything that we desire. So we give you praise for it. We thank you now, God, for the word that we're going to be hearing today. God, we pray that it would speak to somebody's heart and cause their lives to be changed. God, we pray for rescue. God, call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Every place that the enemy has held them captives, God, we pray for their release right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for it and we call it done. We ask that your kingdom come in this place as your will is being done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What a glorious day this is. <clears throat> it just shows you how good God is. He listened to everybody's prayer. Those of you who prayed for snow, he brought it. Those of you who didn't want it, he took it away. <laughs> what a mighty God he is. Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. We're going to try to finish this this morning. I always had to put a try in there so I don't, don't end up lying. Verse 16 says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus <clears throat> excuse me, no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the Bible says, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And last week we used the thought, do you see what he sees? This is part two of that. And the question is, do you see what he sees when God looks at you what does he see amen we'll answer that in just a minute you can be seated <clears throat> let me go back a little bit just to bring you up to speed so that uh, we know what we're talking about now I asked last week uh, do you know why you were created do you know why you're here and most people have an understanding generally of why they're here, but I don't think specifically we know exactly why we are here. The reason that we are on planet Earth, the reason that we are born alive naturally is because God has a plan for us. If he had no plan for you, you wouldn't be here. Amen. But because God has a plan for you, then God has established a pattern to redeem you 
Why do we need to be redeemed? Because we were born alive naturally, but we were born dead spiritually. So in order for us to be a part of the kingdom of God, we have to be made alive in Christ. And we went through a long laundry list of things that makes you in Christ. But the thing that really makes you in Christ is the fact that you have believed the word that was preached to you. You believe the word that was preached to you. And you received Christ then as your Lord and Savior. Now, remember this, and we told you this last week. There are a lot of people who have made the sinner's prayer their confession. And they believed what they said. But then James comes along and explains to us that faith without works So we have people who actually believe that they're saved, but can't live saved. Now, Paul had that experience, and this is what he said in Acts chapter 9. He had his encounter with uh, Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. Notice we said the risen Savior. And he, he had the, his first real encounter uh, where he had a personal experience with Christ. Now, Paul said that he had been trained by the best. He was, he was studying under Gamaliel. The Bible says he knew everything there was to know about the Old Testament. And then one day he met Jesus. Jesus who said he was the fulfillment of the Old Covenant. <clears throat> and Paul then understood that because of that encounter with Christ, he had to make a decision. This is how people get saved. They have an encounter with Christ and they have to make a decision. Amen. The problem is people make the decision to be buried with Christ in baptism because we get saved and the first thing we do is we get baptized. The problem is that that's not the end. You can be baptized with Christ, but the Bible says that the power is in the resurrection or the getting up with him. If you're not raised in the newness of life, then you are not, listen, in Christ. And then we explain this to you. We said that to be in Christ is like God taking you and putting you in an envelope. The Holy Spirit seals that. And the Bible says then he registers that letter and makes sure that that letter gets delivered. That means that only the person who the letter is addressed to can open it, which means that the Bible says that he not only redeemed you, but he redeemed you until the coming of Christ. So until we see Christ again, the Bible says we remain sealed. So what does that mean? We went through this last week. Uh, in in uh, if, if, if Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says that there are three things there. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, verse 4 that we were called. Amen. We were elected. When you were born, you were elected to become a saint. Amen. And then the Bible says that you were, after you were called, you were predestined. 
In other words, you were called with a holy calling and he was giving you an assignment in the kingdom. And every calling, every calling, I wish we could really understand this. Every calling is for the body, not for the person. What, what good would it be to be called as a minstrel and, and be able to play only for yourself? Amen. Called to, as a preacher and only preach to yourself. A lot of people do that. <laughs> but the calling is for the body. Amen? So the Bible says that we're not only that we are called, uh, that we are elected, but the Bible says that we are then sealed. For the day of redemption. So once I make a firm commitment, then I understand that that commitment can't be altered. Y'all still with me? Okay. Well, let the preacher go off before he gets on. What we see in church today. There is a sin problem in church. And that sin is not what you think it is. The sin is called rebellion. You see, if, if, if people heard the word and believed the word they heard according to the scripture, then the Bible says that you would be sealed to the day of redemption, then if that be the case, then once you have heard the word, you should be able to move forward. You should grow into maturity once you've heard it. Now, here's the problem. Here's the sin problem. Here's the rebellion problem. Is that we refuse to submit to things that we don't like or we don't believe. But what you don't understand is the Bible never called you to be saved from a particular sin. And because you have your own easily besetting sin, you avoid that at all costs. You're not going to talk about it. We ain't going to act like it exists. We're going to have that. Remember I said blind spot like that doesn't exist. Hmm? You're a cussing saint and everybody knows you're a cussing saint. But you don't believe that you are because you said I've been redeemed. But the fact is, the reason that you're still cussing is not because that you are a cusser. It is because you are rebelling against the word that you know. If you are speaking those things that edify, you won't be cussing. So it's not a matter of being redeemed from a particular sin. It is being redeemed from sin. That's why the Bible said that Jesus died once. And they're all, we think, is all people. And it is. But it's also all sin. Once you have been redeemed, you should be. Here's what the Bible says. And this is getting me back to the text. Here's what the Bible says. That if I have been redeemed, if I have been saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, 
then my job is to continue to feel myself with the presence of Christ and remove all of the antics of the devil. All the things that were a problem to me, everything that comes into me that comes from Christ is going to push that out. Huh? That's why he says in Philippians chapter 3 that we are what? Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Listen, I told you last week, you can't live in the past and the present at the same time. If you're still living in your past, you are still dead. You may call yourself saint, uh, uh, saved because you, quote, died with Christ, but you stayed died. Stay, stay died. Yeah, okay. I'm going to let you have that. You stayed died. It's still early. And if that's the only mistake I make today, you're going to be blessed. <laughs> so here's what, here's what he says in the text today. He says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Well, listen to me. If you know stuff about me in my natural state, then if you are still living that, you have not been redeemed. Amen. Because how, listen, see, we like to think of ourselves as individuals. We really do. But the, the, the problem is that God sees us as a body. You can't just look at yourself as a little finger. And that's what we keep doing. So I look at you and I say, oh, yeah, I remember you. You haven't been redeemed. You're still out of Christ, not in Christ. Do you understand this? So he says, don't regard me according to human standards anymore because, and that's why we go back to Paul again. When Paul had that encounter, the Bible says that he no longer regarded Christ as being a natural person or a historical figure. Before he had his encounter with Christ, he knew about Christ. He knew about the miracles. Come on, he knew about the crucifixion. But here's what he didn't understand. He did not understand that all of those things that he knew were according to his human understanding. So in his mind, that made Jesus not only a rebel, but a failure because he died not having accomplished his purpose. And it wasn't until he saw Jesus alive that he realized, whoa, something's up here. And see, that's why we can talk about Christ, and that's what Paul understood. He had information about Christ, but he had no revelation of the power of Christ. And if you don't have the revelation of that power in your life, no matter what you know about Christ, you still cannot function as a, as a Christian. Now, permit me to go up one more time. James chapter 4, verse 17. James chapter 4, verse 17. 
And what does it say? Well, it says to him who knows. Is that you? You know some stuff. <laughs> and does not. To him. Okay, now that's for this crowd that says this. Pastor, I just can't get over that. I can't get past that. But I, Pastor, you know how, how you know how bad I've been hurt. But you know that Jesus delivered you from that. So the problem is not who did what or what you can't get over. The problem is you refuse to do what you know, which is to forgive and to repent. And that is the reason you can't get along with folk. You make that person's issue everybody's issue. We all got to live with your hurt. You drag it out in the middle of a conversation. Some of y'all know them people, don't you? You watching a movie. Yeah, that's just like the time. No, you just you 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 enjoy the attention of being hurt. Oh God, I need to stop this because But there comes a point in time when you got to know that re repentance is real and that when Jesus said it's over, then it's what? Over. Stop dragging it out. Now, somebody ought to stop you, but I. You... <laughs> and sometimes it takes. Listen, sometimes after you've heard it. More than twice. You need to say, shut up and pray. Don't nobody want to hear that. <laughs> because, and one more time, if you know stuff, now you got, now, now hold on. Some of y'all might be lying when you say you know stuff. Huh? What, what, what am I saying? Now, now, listen, if I've heard this once, I've heard it at least a thousand times. I'm talking to you and you say, yeah, pastor, but I know. I know that so-and-so and so-and-so. And, so and, so. and So you saying you know stuff, but you at the very point that you should be in repentance, you're talking about what you know, which means that what you know is that you haven't been redeemed. That's why, come on now, you got me off here, I might as well just have, have, have a good time. That's why the church is full of dead saints, because they have never gotten up. Amen. They're wallowing in the grave. 
messing with a whole bunch of dead stuff. The longer you stay in the grave, the more decay comes. Let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. Come on. You got me off and I can't get back on here. So Paul, Lord have mercy, I'm 25 minutes into the message and I'm just getting started with today. <laughs> that wasn't me. Amen. So Paul says this, that because we no longer know each other according to the flesh, then he says we need to stop looking at the part that's decaying and look at the part that's growing. Chapter 4 says this in verse uh, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. What's he saying? He's saying that the more I get closer to Christ, the more understanding, the more revelation knowledge I have of Christ, the Bible says I'm being renewed, but the renewal is taking place inside. That's why you can't, as he says in chapter 5, verse 16, don't look at me in the flesh. Because what you see is not who I am. I'm changing right before your eyes, but you haven't been able to pick it up yet. Amen. Verse uh, 16 goes on to say this. Uh, verse 17 says our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more, far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction. Now, we like to use that to make people think there's something wrong with us. But your light affliction is the fact that you know better and you won't do better. The fight is with you. You know it's wrong, but you can't stop yourself. Huh? See, you have to listen. One of the things that we really have to learn how to do is talk to ourselves. And we like to tell everybody else what to do. Why don't you try talking to yourself? And your light affliction in this light. You reason I said, why is it light? Because every saint has gone the way you've gone, and they made it over. So it's light. You're still struggling. You're still having relationship problems. You're still having money problems. You're still having health problems. You're struggling. Why are you struggling? Because you won't submit. That's why we started this whole series off. Seek ye first the king. Seek first the authority of God. Listen, the, per the first thing you do when you find authority is submit to it. I know, but. There it is. I know, but. I know, but. Yeah, pastor. I know, but. I know a few butts, too. <laughs> I don't even want to say what I'm thinking next. 
But if some people would get their head, <laughs> and, uh, and And notice what Ephesians, I mean Ephesians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says that it is a more uh, eternal weight of glory. So look, here's what Paul said. The things that you see in me in the natural or temporary and passing, the changes that are coming from the inside of me are eternal. They are not going to change. When a person learns not to lie, guess what they won't do? There you go. Amen. Verse, look now, verse 18 says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, which is the old man. Stop looking at what your friend, your family, your Deacon, your minister, your preacher, your sister, your brother, whoever, let's stop looking at what they did. Keep an eye on what you're doing. Do you know that, that the word forgive means to send away? Huh? And if, if, if I stop concentrating on Brother Jones and try to figure out wonder what's wrong with him, wonder what's up with him, wonder why he's doing so and so and so, and try to concentrate on me. Amen. Say, this is my brother. Yes, amen. And whatever he has done, that is between him and God. I'm trying to keep myself straight so I don't judge him. Once I start judging, then I become the sinner. Hmm. So he says, we not, do not look at the things which are seen, but we at the things which are not seen. You can't see what God is doing inside of me. You can't see the conversations I'm having with God. You don't understand. You know, when some of y'all pray, you know what God does, right? He let it go straight to voicemail. Lord, I, I need an answer. Lord, Lord, Lord I, I need your help. I need your help. I'm sorry. I'm not interested. <laughs> Please leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not are eternal. If you look at the old me, and I'm going to continue to use me because I'm the only one that knows me like me. If you continue to look at the old me, you're going to see a whole lot of stuff you won't like. 
And the more you, the more you investigate, the more disappointed you're going to be. Huh? Listen, listen, listen. It's because you're holding the wrong kind of investigation. See, what you need to do is you need to start to investigate Christ. Listen, and the more you investigate, you know what you're going to find? The more guilty you are. That's why it's easy to investigate me because it takes the guilt off you. But the moment you start to investigate Christ, I want to know you, Lord. I want to know more about you, Lord. Come on. The more you do that, the more he's going to say, yeah, okay. I'm going to show you something. But it's all about you. And how many know we don't want to hear about us? Amen. So let me see if I can move on here. Oh my, 16 minutes. Okay, let me move into another area. When Paul says that, that and I'm back to the original text now, here's what he said in verse 16. He says uh, uh, that we no longer know him thus. We don't, we don't know him that way anymore. The Bible says that there comes a point, now in the old uh, 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 excuse me, the King James Version, it says henceforth. Y'all know what it is? Henceforth. Henceforth means at the point that I made a discovery. Amen. There comes a point in your life, in your walk with Christ, where you make a discovery. I don't need to be doing this. Amen. I can go, can I go one step further? There comes a point in your worldly life when you had to make a decision. Huh? You say, I, 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 I don't want to do this anymore. And then when you got saved, then you had to make another decision. I'm not going to live as a dead Christian. But I want to be a live saint. That changes everything. It, 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 what? it changes everything. Once I make a decision that I know Christ personally, not historically, I don't see him as a human figure. That's why most of us have issues in life, because your God is always a human figure. You, you're always talking about somebody. And the one you're talking about is your God. Come on, think about the number of people in your life you talk about all the time. There she go. There he go. That's your God. You might want to try to change that and say, there you go again, God. Huh? He keeps on blessing me. Huh? I was, telling, I was teasing with my son the other week. I said, you know, anytime you get money, you should expect a challenge. Amen. Something's going to happen. Something's going to break down. Something's going to go away, arise. Something's going to happen. Huh? The only thing God is doing is preparing for that next check. You, you, 
Because the first one comes with the test. And the second one comes with the testimony. But when you start to talk about the first one, the second one never comes. Got this check for $500. The washing machine broke down. I tell you, every time I turn around or something, well, the, the next check ain't coming. Don't you need a washing machine? You wouldn't have bought one if you didn't need one, right? So fix it and shut up. Oh, I didn't say that. Y'all know I'm right. I, 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 might not, I, I might not be politically correct, but I'm right. <laughs> so the Bible says, I got to move on. Verse 17 is where I'm supposed to be starting today. <laughs> Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And that's where I want to begin today. Tell you what. <laughs> I'm gonna stop right here. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no reason to go into something that I can't finish. I got 12 minutes left. I can talk about what I want. Lord, don't let him do that. <laughs> no, here's what I want to talk about, though. Let me just, because <clears throat> this is what's on my heart, seriously. This has been a good year thus far. I know you probably don't see it the way I do. God has challenged us, and we have so far been able to stand up to the challenge. But I'm telling you, our biggest problem is that the church will not accept its responsibility as saved saints. You have got to be able to be counted on to do what's right. There's no reason for you to be complaining as a saint. You can't be a complaining saint. As a matter of fact, the Bible says you can't be both. We told you on Tuesday, a tree can't produce, a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Amen. So if you're a complaining saint, knock it off. Amen. If you are a criticizing saint, that's even worse. Amen. The reason that you cannot criticize, and this is so very vital to your, your walk with Christ. When you criticize, you say two things that, that are wrong. Number one. You are looking at someone that, that was made in the image of God. And you're dealing with the outside, which is what you see. And you don't know what God is doing inside that person. So you cannot criticize what you see. That's number one. 
But number two, when you criticize another person, doesn't matter who the person is, when you criticize them, you are saying that God made a mistake by sending Jesus because he didn't die for everybody. You're telling the whole world, saint of God, that your God is prejudiced. He's biased. He saves some people, but others aren't worthy of saving. That's what you do. You say when you criticize. That's why you need to learn to restrain. And thirdly, the third thing I want that folks say to get off my chest, <laughs> and it's not my chest, it's everybody's. Take responsibility for who you are. Amen. What does that mean? That means that if you're a saint of God, then you ought to act like a saint of God. Huh? If you are an adult, behave like an adult. If you are a parent, be a parent. No more tail wagging the dog. Now, why am I talking about this? Because I believe that there are so many young people who are not saved or not in church because we don't make it appealing to them. Amen. Can I just ask you a couple of questions? And this is for you to take home to your children. First of all, <clears throat> do your children understand that you didn't make them, God did? Did you? you you need to explain that. No, 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 you really need to explain that. Why is that, Pastor? Because if they don't know that there's a God who created them, who loved them enough to let them be born alive, then they don't have anything to submit to. Are y'all listening to me? The second thing you have to tell them, that if they have to make a decision about whether the to, to be saved or not be saved or be in church or not in church, you have to ask them this question. If you are not in anybody's church anywhere, then how do you give respect and honor to the one who made you? No, no, ask them. And they will tell you, well, well, I, I read my Bible. Where does it say that? Show me in the Bible where it says, read the Bible and you'll be saved. <laughs> and this is the one I like. But, but I pray. Amen. To who? Amen. No, no, no. This, this is, this is, this, this, this is for, for parents only. Amen. If you're not willing to make a difference in your child's life, then you cannot expect God to receive you when he has given you a clear mandate that you're responsible for these children. Amen. Pastor, they won't hear anything I say. Yeah, they will eventually. They will. 
You just got tired of seeing it. Well, I'm done with it. No, the father was never done with the son. Now, 2022 is the year where we are going to have the, the perfected testimony, the fullness of testimony. It only comes by the, the testimony is the fact that we can show young people that church is real and relevant, which means we have to do something different. We have to do something different. That means if you're going to do anything this year, dedicate your life, put on your full armor because you need to go into war. You need to go into battle for these children, all of them. Now I open it up to everybody. Even if you ain't the parent, be the surrogate parent. They need to be in church. They don't have to come to this one. Amen. I expect that one of the reasons that, that oh, Lord, I can't say that because we're still alive. But if I wasn't live, this is what I would say. <laughs> Sometimes this is not a good jumping off place. You understand that? Amen. Amen. And sometimes, you know, this, is, this, this, will, this may be a little above their grade. Amen. But they need to be in somebody's church. I'm not doing a commercial for Daystream. I'm doing a commercial for church. They need to be in somebody's church. They need to know about a living God. Now, now look at the signs. I don't, I don't need to be the prognosticator. Look at the signs. You can see things are changing. The world is changing. And if you don't get them attuned to that change, you're going to see that the world's going to be in a mess. And it's too late. Listen, it's too late to pray after you did. Now listen to me. Okay. Now, having said all that, having said all that, <clears throat> I realize it's hard for you to make church appealing if you're going to continue to act ugly. Can I ask you to do this for the month of February? Huh? I want you to suspend all criticism. Amen. Suspend all criticism, all legalism. Y'all still with me? I lost your criticism, right? Hey, <laughs> right now, now, it might tell me what. <laughs> and here's the other thing I want you to suspend. This is going to be a hard one. All individualism. We are part of a corporate body. We should all look the same. We should all sound the same. Yeah, we're all the same. Now, we have different bodies, and we all have different, you know, personalities. But, but when it comes to 
Love has the same language. We should, when we hear it, we should know what it sounds like. Care and concern. See, one of the things saints don't have much of is compassion. Listen to this. We have a lot of sympathy, but no compassion. What's the t- difference? One is I feel you, but I ain't coming along with you. We need some compassion.